When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun. It's our weekly podcast with stories and information. We center them on the weather and climate and how those interact with your daily life. With our goal to weatherproof your life as we help you get ready, we roll through the seasons with our series, and we're in the fourth episode of our Spring 2021 series. And while things are really heating up across the country, just in the span of the week, we went from record lows in the Great Lakes in the Northeast to some record highs as this volatility in the weather certainly is evident. Kind of scratches your head as we get ready for two seasons. One is hurricane season and the other wildfire season and i can tell you friends that the outlook for both of those is not looking good in terms of well it's going to looks like it's going to be another busy hurricane season hopefully not to the level of last one and then looks like an amazingly tough wildfire season out west that could uh, be setting records again so we're going to delve into both of those subjects here as we go into this episode, I know things could be a little bit more upbeat as the weather turns nicer, but we have to talk and tackle some of these serious subjects so you can get prepared. Friends, it's time to talk about everything under the sun. I'm your host, meteorologist Dean DeVore. Settle back, welcome in. The way we accomplish our goals here on Everything Under the Sun to weatherproof your life, get you ready, as we rely on some of our great experts at AccuWeather.com. And on the show today, two of them, Dave Samuel will be by at the second segment here as we talk about, as we always do, the weather for the upcoming weekend and week beyond. But Dave is also one of our long-range experts and really one of our experts on helping predict the uh, wildfire season out west. And he's got some of those uh, actually grim statistics when it looks like uh, the number of wildfires and their um, amazing potential for devastation. We also then take a look at what will be a a changing weekend weather pattern in a lot of the country. What you had last week is not necessarily what you'll have in the week ahead. But in the months ahead, we'll be getting ready for the next hurricane season, which officially starts on June 1st. At least that's where we're going to be, thanks to some decisions by the National Hurricane Center and the World Meteorological Organization. But it's time to check in as we're getting close to that and i think some people want to know are we going to have as an amazing hurricane season as we did last year the man to talk about that with is our hurricane expert mr dan kutlowski dan great to have you back here on everything under the sun as uh, we get ready for another hurricane season now you know when we last left you we're going to kind of ease off a little bit and uh, enjoy some semblance of some retirement. And where are we on that situation with you, my friend? Well, I'm basically not doing much outside of the tropics now. So I'm devoting almost my entire work uh, to the tropics. So so I'm not working as many hours, but I'm still looking at the tropics. So I'm still going to be your go-to person for tropics this year. Well, that's great. And and we're so happy that that's going to occur and uh, glad that you're going to be part of uh, everything under the sun as we go through this uh, season. You know, we talked to John Porter last week and he has a seminar coming up here in terms of AccuWeather for Business. And there's a 
webinar that's coming up here soon in May that's really centered on the hurricane outlook. And you're going to be running that, uh, Dan, it looks like it's on Wednesday, May 5th, 11 a.m. Eastern time. In the same way that you kind of signed up for it with the other uh, thing that we talked about last week, you can go to business.accuweather.com and look up at resources and, and then find webinars and you can register for it. And this one is going to take a look at the hurricane season and what we're thinking here at AccuWeather and then also kind of detail better how we can help again, businesses and organizations with these hurricane forecasts as they prepare for this uh, season coming up, right? That's exactly right. I mean, we saw how awful a season can be last year. We had so many storms. Uh, we had a Cat 4, almost a borderland Cat 5, Laura making landfall over Louisiana, causing uh, massive damage through there. And we actually had 12 landfalls. Actually, not take that back. It's 11 landfalls because the Hurricane Center has done reanalysis. Right. And uh, Marco, which got real close, did yep. not quite make it. So, yeah, they, uh, they, I saw that. What about a month ago? They reclassified it as actually not making landfall. So it, exactly. it said, yeah. it said Polo, but it didn't come on shore. That was the big <laughs> joke, Marco. That's, oh, yeah, that's exactly right. right. But still, uh, we've never had this many storms hit the United States. And certainly people in Louisiana got the brunt of the uh, impacts. But we did have Isaias which caused massive wind damage over the East Coast. And Isaias, if you remember, it was a Cat 1, made landfall, just barely got below uh, to uh, just under Category 1 hurricane. But the wind field kept its uh, act together, and we had uh, a lot of damage. Most of it was just loss of power, trees, all kinds of issues with that. So I I had um, to say Isaias a lot. On 1010 wins there for a few days. I was the uh, teaching everybody else how to say Isaias for sure. Yeah. So look, the hot button topic in the off season this year was, do we change the start of hurricane season? I know there was some talk. Um, and then first, the National Hurricane Center for uh, the United States came out and said, you know, we're not changing the season. We'll start some of our advisories a couple of weeks early, middle of May versus uh, the beginning of June. Then the WMO, the World Meteorological Organization, came out and even further went in. By the way, we're not changing the, the season. Uh, but one thing they did change the WMO is we're no longer going to use the Greek alphabet when we run out of names. Thoughts about that, Mr. Kalowski? Yeah, I think what, what they're doing actually makes a lot of sense to have a supplemental list of names. If one of those storms is a really bad storm, they can replace that. It's almost like a supplementary list of names. I think it's a great move. I I agree with them that the, using the Greek alphabet just opened up so many distractions from the, the story of the, the severity of the storm, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, uh, they're going to carry the supplemental list and then that'll change with every year. So your thoughts about them needing to start the season officially earlier, were you in line with that decision too of like, no, we're going to keep starting it. I mean, honestly, has hurricane season shifted now? I know you can get the outlying storms before and after. So it seems like the number of outliers has increased in terms of name storms before and then after traditional, but it's the heart of hurricane season shifted a little bit later in terms of the frequency peak? Is that a little different here in the last 10, 20 years than it was, say, 20, 30 years ago? From what I'm seeing right now, no. The heart of the hurricane season, which is basically from August, September, October, especially late August through September into early October, uh, is still the 
real meat of the hurricane season. And the outliers is, is a good way of putting it. We have a lot of outliers of the past 10 years, six of the past 10 years, we've actually had a preseason tropical cyclone develop. Now, when you look at this, most of these storms are really weak and most of them don't cause any major problems. They do cause some issues, uh, you know, maybe some localized flooding, but, but storms early in the season don't have the capacity to really wrap up to become a, a hurricane or tropical storm very easily. It's right. They don't have the heat. They don't have the heat in the water yet. They don't have all the energy that the atmosphere builds <clears throat> in the northern half of the world with with the scene, uh, the uneven heating and all that summer heat that's coming in there. So, yeah, the later season storms benefit from all that. Yeah, the water temperatures in some parts of the Atlantic are warm enough to support tropical development, but there's other mitigating problems such as vertical wind shear during the early part of the season. The westerlies are still pretty far south. If you don't believe me, take a look at a satellite image and look at all the high clouds blowing from west to east across the Caribbean right now. You can see why we don't see tropical cyclone development very readily in the Caribbean or anywhere at that latitude. But what happens is those westerlies retreat gradually northward. And what we've learned is that when we are in a La Nina going into a, a neutral pattern where the water temperatures are close to close to normal uh, in the Pacific, we notice that there's a lag in that La Nina pattern. What the La Nina pattern does, it forces the westerlies to retreat much faster to the north. And we'll be watching that very closely. Now, Dean, just like everybody else, you have noticed we've had some pretty impressive surges of, of cold air yeah, from the north. Let's talk about what's been, and, and we're going to get into some kind of pre-hurricane uh, forecasting here, but you know, I always like to talk to Dan because of all the people at AccuWeather. I think he has one of the best kind of looks and, and things. What was really amazing to me, Dan, was some really deep dives of amazingly cold air, but then how quickly it all retreated. I mean, yeah. you know, when, when I looked at it a couple of weeks ago and we hit those couple of early 70s, I was like, I wonder if we're going to get this again in two or three weeks. And now 70s not where we've passed that. It's blown yeah. to 80 in some of these places. So these amazing temperature swings right now, what does that tell you as we get ready here for this uh, upcoming hurricane season? Well, what I've noticed is a, a, a pretty good frequency of these uh, cold air surges coming through the Great Lakes into the Northeast. And this sometimes during the springtime as a precursor to what we might see early in the season. So if that's the case, what these do is they keep that uh, Bermuda Azores high a little bit further to the east, and therefore it's, it's much more difficult for storms to, let's say, blast into the Caribbean or blast into the, or develop into the, into the Gulf of Mexico sometimes. But what bothers me is exactly what you're saying. We have these wild swings where you say, wow, the pattern is very anti-development. Then all of a sudden you get a pattern for maybe six to 10 days where you say, boy, if something sets up here, uh, it won't have much it won't have much impeding it from developing it quickly. From developing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, so. and, and and that's when we normally get early season and, and the kind of thing we have kind of deemed and termed in our office, the homegrown stuff. It's the yeah. stuff that because of deep dives and changes, you get that that spin up right near the coast, whether it's uh, the Gulf Coast or just off the Atlantic coast. And there's warm enough water there. And then, boom, in a couple of days, you can spin it up. And, and 
That's the other pattern we've been seeing is rapidly intensifying areas of low pressure, whether they're tropical closed lows or they're even coastal lows that are swinging around that come up along the eastern seaboard. We see a lot of rapid intensification more so than I was seeing, what, 10 years ago or so. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, again, I think uh, that's mostly due to the fact we have a warmer uh, climate and especially uh, in the oceans being heat sinks. They absorb a lot of that excess heat, and as a result, they they are warmer. So collectively across the whole world, sea surface temperatures are warmer, and uh, the Atlantic is a good example of that. Now, there are other issues going on that do make the Atlantic warmer. There's an under uh, undercurrent that comes up from the south that brings uh, a warm water northward uh, during uh, every 20 to 40 years. It's called the AMO, the Atlantic multidecadal oscillation. But what's interesting is researchers are now beginning to scratch their heads and say, you know, I'm not sure if this AMO makes any sense anymore because <laughs> we're not we're not seeing signs of it giving up at this point. You know, right. a lot of people thought that probably by now we would see that AMO go away. It has not gone away. What's also interesting is the fact that um, water temperatures have actually gotten warmer, you know. So right. So, I, and I don't doubt that climate change is making a huge impact here. Uh, and there will be some papers issued here over the next many the next few a few months um, that will to talk about just that. You know, one of the proponents of this ditching the AMO is Michael Mann, who back in the '60s and '70s and '80s, I think it was actually but the '70s and '80s, he actually was an AMO prom- proponent. He may have been one of the ones that talked about this feature. Now he's saying, I don't know if that really works anymore. I've looked, re-looked at things and it, it doesn't look like I can explain why it was cooler in the 70s and 80s and early 90s because of uh, volcanic activity. And even before 1933, uh, before that big war- warm uh, period of time from 1933 to uh, the 50s, that warm event, again, is, is uh, again, an anomaly that he says he can't explain. So I'll, I'll be interested in seeing that. Given all that, though, Dean, right. this is still going to be, again, no doubt the water temperature is one part of the equation. Right. The lower shear is another part of the equation. All that tells us is this is going to be another active season. That's so not maybe not the magnitude of last season, but up in the upper percentile, up in the upper stratospheres of terms of of activity, in terms of numbers and intensity and things. Yeah, yeah. Norm, normals, the norm, the new normals now have changed because we're now in the next thirty year period. Right. So the 1991 to 2020 has the name storm average number of named storms now fourteen, hurricane wow. seven, major hurricanes three. Ace 123. So that has come up. But that being said, we're still saying it's going to be above that. And so we've got uh, 16 to 20 storms. We've got seven to 10 hurricanes. We have three to five major hurricanes and an ace of somewhere between 120 to 160 above normal ace. And that's always the higher the ace, the more likely the United States has impacts. Certainly something that we're going to have to watch here now over the next couple of months as uh, we go from what was a, a pretty uh, bad winter in parts of the country, very stormy out west, and now it looks like hurricane season is going to be another challenging time. Um, other things that you're going to be watching over the next couple of months as you put the finishing touches and when we uh, get later in the spring, early summer, we'll talk about here. Anything else that you're watching right now, Dan? Not only just tropical stuff, but things that you're seeing in the weather that uh, you wanted to talk about. 
sticking with the tropics, one thing I look at this time of the year is I look at how the rainfall is setting up across Africa, across Southwest Africa, especially. And that's that rainfall is is caused if, when they, if they have increased rainfall, it typically means the African easterly jet, which is a strong uh, body of winds that come from the western portion of uh, the uh, Indian Ocean westward into the Atlantic. Those are the, those are the feature. That's the feature that brings tropical waves across the Atlantic. You have these little storms. I won't say little storms, but you just have storms developing across Africa, move west, come off the coast of Africa, and then they attempt to develop into organized tropical systems. If we have an above normal rainfall um, spring, let's say that over the next three months, we see above normal rainfall uh, in uh, Guinea and uh, Ghana and in some of these southwest uh, countries of Africa, that that's that's handwriting on a wall because last year that's exactly what we saw. We saw above normal rainfall there, and we had definitely above normal activity. That goes so hand the, in hand. So the the thinking is that that excess moisture and stuff contributes to then the number of um, initial systems that are thrown off of Africa. Obviously, they have to usually run gauntlets to get to the United yeah. States. But you're saying, you know, like. If you only throw one ping pong ball into the bunch, it's not going to have much effect. But if you're throwing 10, 20, yeah. uh, one of those or two or three or four of those is going to catch into a bigger storm. That's that's kind of yeah. the analogy. And it, and it may not be in, in, in some years, it may not be that the number of storms is that much different than normal. What happens is we get these groups of features, these groups of tropical waves that come across the coast of Africa. That's that's what I'm. That's what we'll be looking at here over the next uh, two to three months. And new climate models now coming in. Certainly, the La Nina uh, pattern is certainly uh, is waning right now. It's very close to being neutral, but it's not quite there. When you look at sea surface temperatures in the Pacific, they really have not warmed up that much. So you, when you look at a, a a temperature anomaly map of sea surface temperatures it still looks like we've got a, a, a pretty good La Nina going on. So even though the water temperatures will probably warm and get the neutral, it'll probably be what we call a negative neutral. In other words, it'll still be leaning toward, even if it doesn't go to a real true to the sense El, uh, La Nina, it could still still be a high enough impact that will um, impact the shear, which I think is very critical during August, September, and October. Seems like the more we know, Dan, the less we know, right? We get more and more well, information, and, they, well, and then yeah. we, right, right, and then, it and then it feels like we're dumber every day. Sometimes I don't. Well, know. it what happens? It's like anything in science. The more you learn, the more you realize what you don't know. Right, you know? exactly. So that's the same thing. What you're saying. He is on Twitter, Helicity Man. Um, he is also uh, our hurricane expert. Um, Going to be working a little bit less, but. As we get into this hurricane season, we'll be relying on him more and more. Dan Kutlowski, thanks for being with us on Everything Under the Sun. Thanks a lot, Dean. Again, you can follow Dan Kutlowski on his Twitter. His Twitter handle is Helicity Man, H-E-L-I-C-I-T-Y-M-A-N, Helicity Man. And you can also uh, read him on Quoted and all his information from his forecast that will be coming up on AccuWeather.com. And you'll see him on the AccuWeather Network and through our great AccuWeather partners. It is uh, going to be not only, it looks like a busy hurricane season, but the wildfire season out west looks to be another epic one. Dave Samuel will join me next to talk about that and the weather for this upcoming weekend and the week beyond. This is everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com.
Whether you're at home getting ready for work, packing the kids' lunch, or commuting, listen to AccuWeather Daily. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get the top trending weather story of the day every day. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Dean DeVore as our spring series rolls on. This is episode number four. Joined now by one of the members of our long-range team, Dave Samuel, who, um, you know, does a bunch of things, fills in for me on occasion on our, my AccuWeather radio stations in the mornings, but now is taking a pretty pretty big position in our long-range team. And I kind of wanted to have him on after just talking with our friend Dan Kutlowski, kind of focusing in on the hurricane season as we're getting ready for that. There's another season that we talk about this time of year that's really getting going, and that's uh, wildfires. And there is tremendous drought in the country, including out west, where those wildfires seem to have the most problems. So here in this segment, final segment of the podcast, where we always take a look at the weather for the week uh, ahead, the weekend ahead and the week beyond, Dave, I wanted to talk to you and bring you in. Welcome to Everything Under the Sun. It's Thanks, incredible. Dave. Yeah, it's incredible, Dave, how much drought there is in the country right now. And the wildfire situation, the forecast is pretty dire in a lot of places. Yeah, we're I'm putting together a wildfire forecasters looking at areas that are uh, at a significant threat through the year. And the western U.S., so just about everybody, significant threat because of the drought. We have 80 percent of the west. So uh, take uh, Montana, Colorado, Wyoming, westward, 80 uh, percent of that area under drought conditions right now. And uh, uh, I think it's 30 or 40 percent under exceptional drought, which is the highest level you can have. So that's going to be a big factor. Fire season's already underway uh, across Arizona, New Mexico. Mexico and Texas, it's only going to spread northward as snow melts on the mountains and things dry out. So it looks like a rough one, Adina, really anywhere from the southwest through northern California up to Montana. And, and you know, we think about these out west, but, you know, towards the end of the summer and early fall, we started to have wildfire problems in the northeast New England. Remember, because of that drought towards the end of last season. Yeah. And honestly, the way my garden and planting looks, I don't think we've had as much rain or moisture over the winter as I thought we would here in the Northeast. Certainly in a La Nina pattern, you thought we'd get a little bit more. And here we are. And so, you know, we just had a couple of bouts where we've had the fire red flag warnings out along the eastern coast, too. So there's uh, some threats there with the dryness that's going on as well. Yeah, spring, that's northeast fire season. Before the leaves come on the trees, uh, the ground dries out after snow melts, and you can easily get brush fires, grass fires. So that's an issue. Now, still some drought showing up in the northeast, but uh, we believe that drought will be a race. So heading into summer should be a much wetter pattern. Getting going here in April and lasting May and even June, the way things look, could be uh, pretty soggy in the northeast. Well, let's uh, see how that is all turning out here now as we go into the weekend itself. And as I look at one of our weekend snapshots, it looks like a mess. It looks like the 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 line that we used to denote the jet stream looks like a spaghetti strand that's been kind of mushed up. It just goes up and down and up and down. There's a lot of variability. There's a lot of kinks in the uh, path of the, the jet stream. So we've got a chilly pocket of air in the northwest, another uh, upper level low that's just kind of sitting and spinning and stuck in the middle of the country, it's uh, coming through the Great Lakes here as we go through the weekend. And that's spreading some of that moisture that you're talking about towards the Northeast and the Great Lakes. Uh, meanwhile, it looks like uh, the overall pattern for the weekend is dry and mild from Texas back to the southwestern uh, coastal areas and back to Los Angeles. And northern New England may actually be 
in the bright spot for all weekend, a little warmer than average. Boston has a nice Saturday, but they may start to get some showers as you get into Sunday. So yeah, there's some zones that are going to have niceness. And then there's some other zones that are going to have some threats of strong to severe storms and rain. It's uh, kind of a mixed bag across the country. Yeah, just real slow moving upper lows, the main uh, thing we're dealing with now, but those are kind of like cold lows in a sea of warm air. There's still warm air widespread across the country and into Canada. That is going to undergo a huge change, though, next week. So even with places getting the rain in the northeast should still be pretty mild, but uh, despite the clouds and rain. But after that, seeing a lot of blocking showing up again in Greenland, in eastern Canada, and it looks like it's going to build over the top of northern Canada into Alaska, which, by the way, Alaska, mm. there's, there's some 60 degree below zero uh, AccuWeather real field temperatures right now, just uh, yeah. midwinter there. Tons of snow on the ground. Anyway, they're going to get warmer weather, as is most of northern Canada. This pattern looks to me like uh, the February pattern we had where uh, cold air got unleashed on the plains. And uh, obviously, it won't be anywhere near that. But I think there will be some uh, huge temperature drops showing up in the plains next week. And it's just going to spread out across the country. So uh, the pockets will be in a sea of cold by this time next week. Do I have to worry about my garden stuff? Because, you know, after that little that April Fool's freeze that we had for a couple of days here in the Northeast, I mean, it's rebounded. This is the incredible thing, Dave, how these rebounds. I mean, we were, were you know, significantly 10, 20 degrees below normal for a day or two. And then it just yeah. goes right back up to 15 to 20 degrees above normal. I know for it's two crazy. or three days. Right. So, yeah. yeah, this this Arctic intrusion going into the weekend, 15 to 35 below normal. Yeah. in alaska and again that looks like it's aimed at the northern plains and the great lakes at least midweek next week is that about the timing yeah yeah it looks like it could go you know right down into texas again with some uh you know 10 to 20 degree below normal type cold and it's gonna just kind of ooze out so i think the east coast will miss out on the front of it but we will certainly uh, go into a colder pattern it won't be as warm as it is now yeah. but it'll take some time for that cold air to get to the east coast uh, but unfortunately, this pattern looks really blocked up. So I think there's another week added onto this. So the week after next week it looks pretty chilly. And that'll that could be focused on the East Coast as a more of a ridge shows up in the West. All right. So again, when we say those words, there's uh, either a progressive pattern, meaning that jet stream is kind of just in a one fairly straight line and all the systems keep going west to east on a on a pretty good clip. When we have a blocking pattern that uh, gets that undulation that I'm talking about in the jet stream, and that's when everything slows down, and we're certainly seeing that. It's just like if you look at a satellite, a visible satellite, it looks like spinning tops in different yeah. parts of the country, and uh, you just got to figure out every day if you're in the good part of that or the bad part of that. Most yeah, of the, so it's uh, the hard part for yeah, sure. Yeah, the <laughs> most of the bad part is heading from the Great Lakes into the Northeast this weekend, with other parts of the area getting in good stuff. Well, I know. The Samuels uh, household has a lot of fun. The girls like uh, the warmer weather. I've been seeing some good oh, yeah. pictures. And I know you're a gardener and you want to get out. I'm going to let you go mow here today. Yeah, let's get on. out there. Enjoy the 70s we're going to get again today. Are you it's, kidding it's me? It's April and we're mowing, Dave. That's not it, good. Right? I know. Yeah, it's early. Usually <laughs> it's more like uh, around April 20th to get that there first mow in. But a little early this year. Dave Samuel, thanks for your uh, visit here on Everything Under the Sun. Glad to be here, Dean. Thanks for having me. Dave Samuels on Twitter. You can follow him in at D-S-A-M-U-H-E-L. 
Again, that's D Samuel, D S A M U H E L. And you can also uh, follow his work on AccuWeather.com and the network and all of our other great AccuWeather partners and the newly redesigned AccuWeather app, which keeps getting improvement. I just went on the other day and they have a new button to get to the maps more easily and you can switch between them. Certainly uh, the amazing things that happen with that hour by hour, minute by minute cast. Our minute cast now extended out to four hours, so you can certainly weatherproof your life with our AccuWeather.com app. Coming up next week, Brian Leda will join us from our AccuWeather Astronomy Group and they will talk about... uh, the highlights coming up this spring and maybe take a peek at summer and some other topics about sky gazing and stargazing and it's really uh, with gardening and all these other things that people are rediscovering here since the pandemic and trying to be outdoors more. We'll talk to Brian and have some other topics as well for our executive producers Ken Prell and Andrew Robb and our hundreds of AccuWeather team members around the world working so hard every day to weatherproof your life through our app, our network and our great partners and our website. For all of us at AccuWeather.com, I'm meteorologist Dean DeVore. Have a great day, great week. We'll talk to you next week on Episode 5 of Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to Amazon.com slash news ad free. That's Amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.